Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Okay. I know we've prayed, but let's pray again. Jesus. God, we thank you that you're in this room. Lord, we just ask that we don't come in for another church service tonight, God, and walk out the same way that we've walked in. God, would you meet us in this place? Would you mark us with your love and your presence tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, I've got some good news. Who wants to hear some good news? Okay, Joaquin and I, we last week were trying to get an appointment at a title company to sign some documents, and they didn't give us a time that worked in our schedule. Um, And so we were like, let's just go first thing in the morning and try to get there and like see if anything opens up, try our luck. So we went and we got there and they said, there's no appointments this morning. You have to come back this afternoon. So we were like, oh, we just kind of wasted our morning just like trying. And as we were walking out of the building, we hear someone say, Joaquin, Renee, Evans, is that you? And we turn around and there's this young man there and he introduces himself to us. And he says, I just want to let you know, myself and my wife are the young adults pastors, right? The young adults pastors, a new uh, church plant out west, And they came here one night, and they came to the young adults ministry. And while they were sitting there, someone came up and prophesied over him. Someone came up and gave him a prophetic word that changed his life. And not only did he have an encounter with Jesus, but he now is prophesying at his church. He is equipping his church to prophesy. And they are moving in the prophetic because one person chose to step out and give him a word of encouragement. So not just his life, but his entire church now is experiencing God through the prophetic. Isn't that cool? And I tell you what, it was worth wasting that morning just to hear that. Do you know my favorite part of that testimony? My favorite part was this that it wasn't a leader that prophesied over him. It wasn't someone on stage who had a microphone that prophesied over him. It was an everyday Jesus lover that thought, hey, I can hear from God. I'm going to give this guy an encouraging word. It was an ordinary person like you and me who just believed that God wanted to encounter his kids And he stepped out and gave a prophetic word. And as a result, this man's, this young man's life has changed. And now his whole church is beginning to encounter Holy Spirit. I want to talk to you. Yes, we can give Jesus a hand. That's pretty amazing. The title of my message, which I'm going to make every Baptist night right here and let you know that I'm going to do a series, right? We don't really do very many series around here, so 
It's very exciting, at least for me and my Baptist background. Um, we are going to be doing a series, and when I speak, we are going to be talking about the everyday prophet. The everyday prophet. Guess who the everyday prophet is? Y'all. <laughs> All y'all. <laughs> you and I are the everyday prophet. We are not only the prophets to our families, to our workplaces, but we are the prophets in our own life. And I tell you, there's nothing like giving yourself an encouraging word and a prophetic word to get you out of whatever you need to get out of, to get freedom from whatever you need freedom from, to encourage you of the promises of God on your life. You are the most powerful prophetic voice in your life. We, this for some people is going to be very foundational, very basics, but sometimes you just got to take it back to the basics, don't you? Simple faith. The gospel is simple. One of my favorite quotes is this, the greatest stumbling block to the gospel is its simplicity. So we are going to talk tonight about the prophetic. And again, for some of you, this is going to be repeat, and it's going to be a refresher, and hopefully for others of you, this is going to be new, and it's going to inspire you and equip you to go out and to prophesy. We love the prophetic here at Bethel Austin. We, um, we believe in the prophetic. We have prophetic voices that speak into us as individuals on leadership and as a church. We love when God moves through the prophetic, and it is so powerful. Did you know that if every single believer in Austin gave one prophetic word a day, it would take one week for every single person in this city to hear the gospel, to hear an encouraging word from God? One week, and every single person in this city could get a prophetic word. If we just step up and believe that God can use us. I don't know about you, but I think to myself, what would Austin look like if believers prophesied? What would it look like for people to be getting words of encouragement and hope and edification and comfort? I tell you what it would look like. You wouldn't be able to go anywhere. You wouldn't be able to go to breakfast or coffee without hearing that God loves you. It is so simple. It is so simple, yet something that we don't often do unless we train ourselves to do it. Steve Backlund says this, he who has the most hope has the most influence. He who has the most hope has the most influence. And the ministry of the prophetic is to give life and hope to God's kids. Those who know him and those who don't. So my question to you is how much hope do you have? Because it will determine how much influence you're going to have. But here's the deal, you can't just keep it to yourself. See, influence doesn't work that way. You gotta give it away in order to influence people.
My hope today is twofold. Twofold, that's four, but we'll just pretend. Twofold. Guys, I feel like we just need to, I don't know, like shake it off. Shake it off, shake it off. No? Just me? Okay. We like to have fun here. Yeah. Heaven is filled with joy, which is going to be shocking to some believers, but it's true. It's okay as believers to smile. You have permission to be happy. In fact, you actually should be the happiest people on earth. Right? I want to encourage people to use their prophetic gift in the church, but to take it outside of the church. And it is easier than we think. And the second is this. I want to take away the pressure that we have put on the prophetic. We have made the prophetic to be this idol. And we have thought, well, the more profound it is, the more prophetic it is. And that is not true. The prophetic does not have to be profound to be powerful. In fact, I have seen some of the simplest words change lives in moments. The prophetic is easy. Say that with me. The prophetic is easy. Come on. Amen. <laughs> Turn in your Bibles for me to 1 Corinthians 14 if you brought your Bibles along. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. You know that word there, desire, can be better translated as zealously lust. Zealously lust after spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. I don't know about you, but it's written throughout the Bible that the Lord encourages us to build ourselves up into the faith and to speak in tongues, right? It encourages us to use our heavenly prayer language. And if that builds us up and that gives us strength, then that's got to be pretty important, right? The answer is yes. <laughs> How much more to prophesy? Because you actually build other people up by prophesying. You edify, you encourage, and you comfort. And they are the pillars of the prophetic. Now, we have some uh, core values 
around the prophetic, and we do classes and seminars on those. And if you want to know more, then you can come to some of those. But we are not doom and gloom prophets here. We are not prophesying judgment over any state, over any nation. We don't have our head in the sand either, but we choose to partner with God and create a shift on earth. It doesn't take a prophet to see the dirt on someone's life. Can I tell you, I've sat across from a woman who was convicted, well, actually, she was on trial for capital murder charges. In a prison, she's got nothing but this small glimmer of faith that God might save her. She did not need me to tell her how far from grace she had fallen. She did not need me to judge her and to prophesy judgment over her. You know what she needed? She needed hope. She needed hope. And you have to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit to bring hope rather than destruction because anyone can bring judgment. We love hope-filled prophecy. The prophetic does not need to be profound, again, to be powerful. The simplest word from God has the power to change a life. I um, was on the phone to Blue Bonnet Electric this past week. <sighs> you know, who knows how much of a joy it is to change over utilities? And you know, I was there and I had two of my kids there and um, I was trying to occupy them while I was on the phone and they were telling me that apparently because my social security number is only 10 years old or something that there was some kind of flag. And so I had made three separate phone calls to try to figure this out. And they're like, there's no flag on your social security. Went back to this person. I'm like, there's no flag. What are you talking about? I need electric. I had so much opportunity to be annoyed. <laughs> So much opportunity. Anyone who's had a call to customer service probably has felt the same. But can I tell you that I purposed in my heart before that call that I was going to encourage whoever was on the other side of that phone, that I was going to give them a prophetic word. And can I tell you, I just went in boldness. No, I didn't. My palms were sweating. I was whispering because there were people all around me. I was nervous. And the whole time, I barely heard what this lady was telling me because the whole time, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to give her a word. I do this a lot, and I keep thinking it's going to get easier. But you know what? I'm so okay. I am so okay to put my reputation out there for the sake of Jesus. I am so okay to look like a fool for the name of Jesus. And I don't care if it's hard, I'm going to keep doing it. And I spoke to this lady, Felicia, and at the end of the conversation, I just said to her, you know, 
I just have this sense, my husband and I are pastors in Austin, and we love Jesus, and I just felt like Jesus was telling me that you're a really good mom. That's it. I didn't quote scripture to her. I just said, you're a really good mom, and God's happy with you. And I was like, hello, are you there? (laughs) And she was like, oh my goodness. You have no idea what that means to me. She's like, I love God. And I was like, I know, I can tell. She's like, but I have been going through it with my kids. And I just so needed that word from God. Thank you for being obedient. And can I tell you every nervousness that you have Every time that you're like, oh my gosh, is he going to come through? He will come through. And when he does, it's even better than you expected it to be. But we have to make the first step. We have to purpose in our heart that we are not only going to carry God's word in here, but we're going to get it out. Amen? And I guarantee if we begin to do that, Austin will be changed. Because we can make all the declarations that we want up here, and we can worship as much as we want, and we can pray, and that all is beneficial. But unless we take our faith out of the four walls of the church, people are not going to hear about the goodness of our God. And freely has He given to us, so freely we should give. Amen? As believers, we are carriers of his kingdom, and we are on assignment to bring heaven to earth. We are not just here to take up space. We have an assignment. And every single time you step out, and you encourage someone, and you exhort someone, and comfort someone with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are bringing heaven to Austin. It sounds like it should be more complicated than that, but it simply isn't. If all believers did what we're meant to be doing, this world would be saved. I hope that tonight I can give you a few of the basic tools. And if you could lock the doors for me. At the end, we are going to practice prophesying over each other. Don't let anyone out. I'm just kidding. But you have to come back. I'll say this. What consumes our heart should consume our conversation. What consumes our heart should consume our conversation. So it should be easy, right? It should be easy for us to tell people how much God loves them. It should be so easy because he consumes us. I mean, we sing about it, right? Now we've just got to do what we sing every Sunday or every Saturday in our case. And I think there might be some of you, and this was my mom, hi mom, Um, she would always say to me, but Renee, I can't prophesy. 
I don't have that gift. You know what I say? You're not that special. You're not that special that God would say, everyone can prophesy except you. If we skip down in 1 Corinthians 14, down to verse 31, this is Paul who is writing this letter to the church of Corinth. And he says this, for you can all prophesy. I want you to say that with me. For you can all prophesy. Turn to your neighbor and say she's talking to you. One by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. You can all prophesy. He's making it clear right here that the gift is for everyone. He's not going to say in the, previ- in, in the beginning of that chapter to lust after this spiritual gift, but just say, hey, just kidding, it's actually not available for you. You can all prophesy, just kidding, not you, not you, not you. The truth of the matter is, is we can all prophesy, just a lot of people choose not to. And as with everything that God gives us, if we are good stewards, it will grow. But we have to steward the gift of the prophetic in order for it to grow. Amen? He doesn't give the gift of the prophetic to a special few. He doesn't just give it to the apostles. He doesn't just give it to the televangelists. He doesn't just give it to the anointed ones or the people that are leading multitudes of people. He gives it to every single believer. So that's good news, right? If we believe in Jesus Christ, then you have the gift of prophecy. You may never have used it before. You may use it every day, but you have it, and it's up to us to determine what we're going to do with that. Amen? Here is what I am not saying, that every single person is called to be a prophet, as in the office of a prophet. The office of a prophet, as with the rest of the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4.1, is for the governmental equipping of the saints. So, so there are some people out there who hold the office of a prophet. But every single person has been given the gift of prophecy. That's the difference. The prophetic is for every person and every personality type. It's not just for the extroverts. It's not just for the people who feel comfortable speaking to strangers. It's for every single person. Whether you like people or not. I'm going to invite some of my friends to come up. We have a high value for the prophetic, as I have said, and we, um, I teach every now in a prophetic 101 equip class, and 
Uh, if you've gone through this class and you've gotten an invitation to be further equipped or to participate in a group of us who just get together and we just practice prophesying. We just have a lot of fun practicing the prophetic. We are growing our gifts. We are working those spiritual muscles and we just prophesy over each other and it is a ton of fun. And guess what? Sometimes we get it wrong. I know. I know. And that does not make people a false prophet. It means we're practicing. And who knows, when my three children learned to walk, when they took two steps and fell over, I was like, oh, you fell over again. Of course not, right? As parents, we're like, oh, my she took two steps. And we celebrate the progress. So that's what we do in this group. We celebrate the progress. We champion one another. And we just practice prophesying over each other. So I have asked some of my friends. Bob. Give him a wave, Bob. This is Debbie. And this is Lindsay. And they are going to demonstrate for you just how easy the prophetic can be. I asked them to come up here, and I said, don't get any words before you get on stage. I want you to look out and see who God is highlighting and give that person a word. Now, why did I do that? <laughs> hey, if I would be doing the same thing, I'm like, bring it here. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, give me that word. <laughs> you can do that. That's legal. <laughs> But I ask them to do that. Why? Because oftentimes we don't have hours to build a relationship with someone, to have conversations. Oftentimes we have a moment to give a word of God. And we better be ready in season and out of season. Amen? So these guys are ready in season and out of season. I need a mic. Can I get another mic? All right, Bob. Go for it. Sir, you with the hat um, and the beard, you were sitting behind me. Can you stand? What's your name? Carlos. Carlos? Carlos. I see over you the Father's love just washing over you. I see you so filled with the Father's love that it's just falling off on you around your environment, changing people's lives. And I see the reason for it. I see so much. I see so much of this. If you look up into the sky, you'll see the um, Big Dipper. And I see Father and Jesus filling up the Big Dipper with their love. And I see them getting underneath it, and I see them tipping it and pouring it over you. We're talking about a gigantic amount of His love. I see it pouring over you so much because he wants to wash over you and he wants to use you to cancel out and wash out fatherlessness. Wow. So right behind that gentleman is the lady with black and white stripes on with glasses. Would you stand up, please? What is your name? Brittany. As I just looked over you, I just saw God pointed you out. You think that you're not important. You think that you don't matter. 
you think that the things that you have sacrificed for are not coming to fruition. But God says his hand has been on you from the very beginning. And his love is pouring over you. And you are going to see mighty things. And the sacrifices and the tears that you have sowed are going to come with joy. So don't give up. Don't think you're not important. Know that God has his hand upon your life. And he is going to walk you through every difficult place that you have been through right now. In Jesus' name. Brittany, do you feel encouraged right now? Oh. <laughs> so lady over here with the blonde hair and the black hat. What's your name? Kari. Kari? That's interesting. <laughs> I felt like God is changing your vehicle. And I saw you driving like a five-gear car, Shift. but yeah, one of those. <laughs> and uh, but he's got you now on on a um, ski lift, taking you up the mountain. And all you have to do is sit, and he's going to take you to the top. And I just see you living your life by the Spirit, effortlessly. Yeah, come on. So, does that resonate with you? <laughs> So good. I actually have a word for this couple back here. Um, behind the gentleman in the blue shirt. Yes, do you guys want to? Yep, you. Come on down. No, I'm just kidding. What's your name? Les and Diana. Okay, I actually, when I was in worship, I was, I was looking at this painting that was being painted, and I knew that I had this prophetic word for someone, but I didn't know who it was, and then I saw you guys, and I just felt like the Lord said that you are like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that there have been seasons of your life where you have been in the fire, but you have come out of the fire not smelling like smoke, and actually going back into the fire to bring other people out who have gone through the same things of you, and I see on your lives a breaker anointing that you get to pray for people and they instantly get breakthrough in the areas that you have had to fight for the breakthrough. And so I just want to tell you that your pain has not been in vain, but it has been for a purpose and it is to help other people be set free. Bless you guys. Okay. Dana, could you stand up? I have an encouraging word for you because you rocked my life when I took your course of baptizing your imagination. Because now I see in what I call cinema color vision of the baptized imagination. <laughs> I see you taking your next class, walking down the road, uh, a path, and I see all these dead trees. And it's summer, and they should be blooming, and they're not. And, every st and I see you... Um, speaking into the lives of your class, teaching them about how to see, baptizing their imagination in the spirit, walking down the path, teaching them how to release it with prophetic words, and each step you take, the trees come popping to life with all kinds of fruit on it, multiple kinds of fruit. Every time you get near a tree, another one pops. 
And I just see all this fruit. You have no idea the fruit that you're creating and how you change lives. And we just thank you for that. And I say, I see you going to sitting on Father's lap. And he's giving you new downloads to your next class of Baptizing Your Imagination 2.0. Does that resonate? <laughs> this beautiful young lady with the white headband and a white uh, top on, would you stand up? Yes. What is your name? Anita. Do you go to college? No. Are you in any kind of school education? No? Okay. What I see is you walking down the halls of, it looked like a school. But you are such a good friend that people are drawn to you. And you have an ability to feel their pain. So God is saying he is going to use you to lift people's eyes up out of their despair. Because you are such a good friend, you're going to just put your arm around them, hand by hand, shoulder by shoulder, and just continue to walk down. And as you do this, he's going to fill you with so much joy that you're just going to start laughing as you go along. So each person that you touch, you're going to bring laughter and happiness into their life. Come does, on. That, does that resonate at all? <laughs> so good. There's a lady in the back wearing red with your hands like this. <laughs> She's got dark hair. She's like, don't let it be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it's you. you. You're smiling. You like it's you. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> What's your name? Ellen. I see a trifle dessert. You know what a trifle is? with bright red strawberries and the cake and the cream, but I see the father bringing the custard in and it's golden and it's like the layers of your life and he's, he's going into the places in your past where there may have been pain or where you've needed healing or you've cried out and he hasn't forgotten what you've asked him for. So I just release all of that you want for him from him is like a golden glory custard. <laughs> <laughs> Does that resonate with you at all? Oh, come on. Oh, so good. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Why don't you give them a hand? Come on, it takes guts to get up here and give words. <laughs> so good, thank you so much. Okay, I wanna quickly go over four of the most common ways that we hear from God. And I'm just gonna go over these super quick because I really wanna give some time at the end for some activation. But here they are, and I will say this disclaimer, that oftentimes you will hear in multiple ways from the Lord, but most commonly, you lean or gravitate towards one of these four areas. And it doesn't mean, as I said, that you can't operate in all of them and hear God in all of these different ways, but there's probably going to be one of these ways that you're most comfortable with that's the most consistent way that God speaks to you. The first is this, it is as a seer, the seeing gift. That is through visions, through dreams, through pictures, 
deja vu. Anyone get like an odd number of deja vu cases? Yeah, chances are your seers. Anyone have dreams where the Lord speaks to them in dreams? Yep, you're probably a seer. He speaks to us in so many different ways, but in the ways of a seer, we see it throughout Scripture. And one of the ways is Jesus in John 5, 19 says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son of God can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. We know through Peter's visions in 10, 9, uh, in chapter 10, 9 through 10, we know about Peter's vision that comes to him. He has this open-eyed vision. And we actually see Old Testament and New Testament, lots of instances where God speaks to people in pictures and in visions. So that could be one of the ways. Why don't we just, okay, just so I know everyone has hands that are working, just everyone put your hand up. Okay. Who would say that they most commonly hear God speak through the seeing realm? Cool. I'm just, this is for, me, this is for my benefit. Yeah. <laughs> Another way is hearing. We hear God speak. It can sometimes be through sounds and words, sometimes the audible voice of God. I remember someone once said to me, like, have you heard the audible voice of God? And I was like, I think I have. And he's like, you haven't. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, you just know. So I'm like, well, I haven't then. Um, <laughs> but John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Feeling. Oh, wait, let's go back. Who would say that they hear whether it's audible, whether the Lord speaks through words to them, predominantly hearers. Cool. Okay, feeling. It mo oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of feelers in the room. Uh, it's through emotions, through compassion, through atmospheres. Um, it's also known as discernment in Hebrews 5, 14, and in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, it talks about this. Uh, they oftentimes will feel a lot of what is happening around them and sense God is doing something in the atmosphere based on a feeling. Here's a great test for you. If you can walk into Walmart and not be triggered, you're probably not a feeler. <laughs> I just put that up. I don't know, but do you ever feel that when you walk into Walmart and you're like, something, I just feel weird. I, li I like Walmart. I mean, I'm a Target girl, but hey, Walmart, sometimes you got to do it. But, <laughs> but they, I, don't, I don't mean that mostly. I, hey, it's, it's other places as well. <laughs> But do you ever notice that you'll walk in somewhere and you just feel something? It could be like really heavy. It could be like all of a sudden you feel very lethargic. It's like you come under the influence of an environment. And if you're not aware that you're coming under that influence, you end up partnering with it and just thinking it's you. But most of the time it's not you, it's just the environment that you've stepped into. And see, if you're a feeler, a lot of times it's very hard to turn that on and off. 
I am not a failure. Joaquin is a failure. I'm not. So I'm like, why don't you just turn that off? And he, <laughs> he's like, well, it's not really that easy. I'm like, come on, just snap out of it. You know, I'm just like, I just don't. I do have to tap into it if I really want to access that, that realm with the Lord. I have to really try. It doesn't come naturally to me. Okay, perceiving and knowing is the fourth way. Oh, wait, who, who is um, feelers? Whoa, there's a lot of y'all. That's cool. Um, perceiving and knowing. So if you ever have one of those like light bulb moments and you just know something and you have no idea why you know it, you just know it. Yeah, you have those moments sometimes. Your intuition, sometimes it'll be like, I just feel it in my gut. You know, that is the gift of perceiving or just knowing. And we see this in Scripture as well. Actually, Jesus, a lot of times in the New Testament, it says Jesus perceived their thoughts. Jesus perceived even in Luke 8, 47, where it talks about the woman with the issue of blood when she went to touch the hem of his garment, it actually says, now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, that word saw right there is haraho, which actually means perceived, when she perceived. So we have the gift, some of us um, hear this way the most is through knowing and through perceiving. Who would say that that is them? That's me. That, that's my strongest way. So most of what God tells me comes through that filter. I do get dreams sometimes, and so I am learning to grow that gift as well. But let me tell you this. One of the ways of hearing God is not more powerful than another. Sometimes we can see the seers in the room and we're like, that's a super cool gift. And it is super cool. It is not more powerful than the perceiving, than the feeling, or the hearing gift. And oftentimes we elevate one way of hearing from God. And then what does it do to all of the people who don't hear that way from the Lord? It kind of makes them feel a little less than that maybe they're not quite as anointed. No one gift is more powerful than the other because they are all given by the powerful one who is the Holy Spirit. It is the giver of the gift who is the powerful one and holds the power, not the gift itself. The way of hearing God will always be the most anointed when it is in submission to the Holy Spirit and obedience to the Holy Spirit. Don't let someone's gift or the way they hear from God impress you more than their intimacy with God does. Sometimes we do that a lot. Sometimes we look at the gift on someone's life and how they hear from God and we elevate it to this place of like, you must be super anointed. What did you do to get that anointed? But can I tell you it's sad how many super anointed, gifted people end up falling because their character cannot sustain their gifting. Their intimacy doesn't go as deep as their gifting goes as high. 
And so let's not look at the gift alone. Let's look at the character and the intimacy as the fruit on someone's life. Amen? And the ways that we hear from God, they're meant to complement each other and not compete with each other. And I know this is just me, but I used to be one of those people who wanted what everyone else had. I know no one else struggles with that. But I would like hear about people having like these visions of like open-eyed visions, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> them again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of. But I would be like, oh, God, why don't you show up and talk to me that way? Or I would hear about these people hearing the audible voice of God and being shaken from sleep. And I'm like, God, show up that way with me. And he's like, Renee, do you not believe that it's just as powerful to hear how I've designed you to hear? And sometimes we won't be able to hear God because we're too busy trying to hear him like the person next to us hears him. We have to know how he speaks to us. We have to be comfortable with that, confident with that. Can we press in to see some of those other ways manifest in our lives? We totally can. In fact, he invites us to do so. But it should not be at the expense in which he designed you to uniquely hear from him. Who is a knower and a perceiver? Two hands. <laughs> I don't feel like everyone put their hand up. I'm just sensing prophetically. No, I'm just kidding. I think to myself, I'm like, you know, if the prophetic can do nothing else than make me like a super mom when it comes to the teenage years, I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have a friend and her dad is very prophetic and she grew up in a home with her dad being prophetic and she tells this story how she was at home in California one day and her dad was on the East Coast preaching and he calls her. He goes, the Lord just woke me up and told me that you're watching a show that you shouldn't be watching. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I, if I was a child, I'd be like, whoa, I would not try to put anything past my parents. So Lord, give me the gift. <laughs> okay. So we all know that we can prophesy, right? If we are all born again in this room, then you can hear God's voice. It was God who drew you to him in the first place so you can hear his voice. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can hear his voice. I want to give you a couple of fail-proof prophetic techniques for out in the world. These ones can't fail. And if you ever get stuck and you just don't know what to say, this right here is filled with the promises of God. It is filled with hope. It is filled with encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. Filled with it. Here is a really simple one, because sometimes I really want the breakdown. I'm like, don't just tell me to do it in public. Like, walk me through it. Anyone else like me? Yeah, I just, like, step by step. It takes me a while to get it, but when I do, it, you know, I usually get it. Um, but... Some simple ways that you can broach this subject is, hey, 
I'm practicing to hear God's voice. Do you mind if I give you an encouraging word? Most people are not going to turn down an encouraging word. Even Baptists. <laughs> I, I pick on Baptists because I, I am one at heart. <laughs> I, love, I love Baptists. Sorry. If you don't know me, I mean, for the new people, I really love them. Um, <laughs> but it's encouraging for everyone. Another way to say it is like, hey, I know, that I know that this may sound crazy, but I feel like God highlighted you to me. Do you mind if I just share something that I feel like he's saying for you? We can make it so simple. We can make it part of our everyday conversation. It doesn't have to be weird. We don't need to be crazy Christians. We can make it simple. We can make it vulnerable. We're not going up to people saying, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> I hope we're not, anyway. Here's another really fail-proof prophetic. It's just memorize one scripture. Just one. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Who knows that if you prophesy that over someone, that they can't help but feel encouraged. What, you mean God knows me? He has good thoughts towards me? And even if that's all you did, that is enough. That is a seed planted or a seed watered. And when we just step out in obedience... God can do incredible things through us. We all know that he doesn't need us to be able to do incredible things. Isn't that the great mystery is that he chose us anyway? It's the beauty of the gospel, right? He could save every single person in this universe in a moment. But he chooses not to. He chooses to partner with imperfect people who sometimes fumble and sometimes stumble, who hopefully just picks themselves back up and dust it off and try again. And he keeps trying and gives us first, second, third, fourth, fifth, countless chances to get it right. See, when we take away the pressure that we're the savior, the prophetic becomes really easy. Because guess what? If you get it wrong, you are not sending anyone to hell. In fact, God is so secure in his reputation that you're not even damaging his reputation. He's just proud of you that you tried. He's just proud of you that you believed enough in him and his goodness that he would show up. It's really easy to please God. Have faith and be obedient. Okay. We're going to do the activation now. Again, this is the rule. It doesn't need to be profound to be prophetic. It can be one word. You know, Sean Bowles was telling us a story once about how, he, I think he was in South, South Korea, and he was on an elevator with a mother and a little girl, her daughter, and he was going down, he's like, Lord, can you give me a word for these 
you know, these people. And the Lord gave him the word Robin, like the bird, Robin. And he was like, okay, what else? God said nothing. Robin, that's it. And he's like, yeah, but what about Robin? And God's like, hmm. So he's like, all right. And I imagine the internal dialogue in his head was like, I've just seen you show up too many times to doubt you. So he gives this word. He asks the mom. He says, I have a word for your little girl. Do you mind if I give it to her? Side note, it's always good to ask a parent before you prophesy over their child. We have lots of do's and don'ts, but they're not rules. They're just healthy boundaries because who knows that the prophetic, when it isn't submitted to an authority, can become very painful for a lot of people. And chances are, if you've been in revival culture long enough, then you've gotten one of those painful prophetic words. And I'm sorry if you have. I really am. The prophetic was never meant to be used as a weapon. It was always meant to be used as a vessel for an encounter with heaven. And so I apologize on behalf of whoever gave you that word. But he gave this little word to the girl and he said, I just keep hearing God say, Robin. And he got nothing else. And the mom and the little girl just began to cry. And he's like, clearly it means something. And then he's like, what does that mean to you? And come to find out that this little girl, this mom, she had a little sister who died a year beforehand and her name was Robin. And then as he was saying it, he got more of the prophetic words. Sometimes we'll get one word, but as we step out in obedience, God will meet us there and give us more. And he said, I just see this Robin is on your shoulder and is with you always. And it just brought this mom and this little girl to tears. And you know what? They probably thought, whoa, look at your prophetic gift. No. You know what they probably thought? God knows me. God cares for me. And guys, that is what it is all about. We need to tell Austin or Canada, wherever you're from. We need to tell the people around us that God is available, that he cares for them that he knows everything about them, and he has a future and a hope for them. We owe, I like to say this, I pretend it's mine, it's actually Bill Johnson's, but we owe the world an encounter. We do. It is easy. We've got to keep it simple. I want you to close your eyes for me. I want you to ask Holy Spirit to give you a word for someone. It can be a single word, a sentence, a scripture, a picture that you're seeing. Just ask him for a word. If you're not hearing one, make one up. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. If you have the mind of Christ, then he can work through your mind 
and your thoughts line up with his thoughts. With a raise of hands, who just received a number that was significant to them for some reason? Awesome. That is a good percentage. So good. Okay. Shh. <laughs> bring it back, people. Bring it back. Okay. If you have kids, you can go grab them from Kids Church. We believe there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. So in Kids Church, we teach our kids to prophesy. Hey, Dave, can you um, play for us? Prophetic, blow us away. <laughs> I want to pray over everyone. But can I encourage you to take this out? It is so easy. Do not make the prophetic complicated. You have the gift of prophecy, and the more you use it, the more God will grow it, and the more God will use you to give prophetic words to people. But here's the catch. You just got to do it. But you can do it scared, and it can be just as powerful as if you did it with all the boldness and all the courage that you could muster. So this week, a little bit of homework. Let's just call it the Christian life. I want you to go and find someone outside of the church to prophesy over. It can be a neighbor. It can be a work colleague. It can be someone on the end of a utility customer service phone call. And it can be as simple as this. I just heard from God and He just wanted me to tell you how much He loves you. It can be simple. Let's go out and partner with heaven and see God encounter Austin. Amen? Because I tell you, I'm all about praying and worship and pressing in and fasting and all of that. I'm all about it. But we've got to take it out. We have to put action to our faith. I want to hear from you as well. I know that that is, even saying that, I'm going to hear from a lot of you because I am expecting incredible testimonies. But can I encourage you, the prophetic is so much easier than you think it is. And if anyone has made it to be anything bigger, anything more complicated than what it is, then this can be a restart for you. You hear from God. And He wants to talk to His kids through you. We just have to say yes. And just keep it simple. Keep it simple. I'm going to pray for you. And then once I've prayed, the ministry team is going to come up the front. And if you need prayer for anything, if you need healing in your body, I'm going to put them on the spot right now. But if you need a prophetic word or you need to be encouraged, you can find the ministry team. You can also tap your neighbor and just ask them for a word. 
because you don't need to be part of a ministry team to give a word. But we want to pray for you if you came here to receive prayer. So after I finish praying, then you can make your way up the front as our ministry team comes. They are going to be so happy and excited to pray for you. Oh, Jesus. God, help us not make our faith complicated. God, would you remind us of the simplicity of the gospel to make you known and to make the name of Jesus famous. God, would you work through us? We are so humbled, Father, that you would choose to use us as your vessels, God. And we humbly come to you and ask that you use us. That you use us, God. Will you give us words? Lord, even now as I'm praying, I'm sensing that the Lord is giving people words for colleagues and family members. And can I just say, go and tell them. Go and tell them. The worst thing that has ever happened to me when I asked someone if I could pray for them in public was I got cussed out. And can I tell you, it's not that bad. That's the worst that could happen to you. But the best that could happen to you is you get to invite someone to know your Jesus. And I tell you, for that one person, I will get cussed out a hundred times. It's easier than we think. So Lord, we thank you for words coming even as we sleep, Lord. I ask that you would just give us dreams, that you would speak to us, Father. However we are designed to hear you, God, will you speak to us and give us words of comfort, of exhortation, of encouragement, God. We thank you, Lord, for your gifts. And we ask, Father, that you would find us faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.